Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. For the second Sunday in a row now, we've had St. John the Baptist before us in the Gospel. Last Sunday, he was in the darkness of a prison cell, sending out two of his disciples out of that darkness in search of the light, as Father Ben showed us how that passage um, was a, an image of light shining into darkness, because they were in search of clarity to the question, is Jesus the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for? And Jesus provided the light that they needed, answering the question, not with a direct yes, but rather by highlighting his deeds of love and mercy. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. He was identifying himself with what Isaiah the prophet described when God would come to visit his people. These were all the things that would happen. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Today, we see John the Baptist before his own imprisonment, where he had good news delivered to him. And today, he's being asked about who he is. And again, using Isaiah's prophecy to identify his own mission. He's the voice who Isaiah says will proclaim to the people, in the desert make straight the paths of our God. John's job was to prepare the way for God to come to his people. How could he possibly do that? How do you prepare a road for the creator of the universe to come and walk on? Obviously, John couldn't physically tear down mountains and fill in canyons in order to level the terrain in preparation for God's coming. And obviously, God, the maker and fashioner of the cosmos, doesn't need a level road to walk on so he doesn't trip. This is all figurative language used of um, preparing what armies would do to prepare a way for a king to come into a city. And this language is used to describe the preparation of not the terrain, but the people, readying their hearts by convicting them of sin and laziness and distraction. So this is how John prepared the way for God, by preparing the hearts of those who encounter Jesus. But how did God actually get here if no one was actually making a road for him to walk on? How did God get from where God is to where we are? What was the road he took? John, a mere creature, had nothing to do with the actual journey of God from heaven to earth. As the wisdom of Solomon put it, thine almighty word leaped down from heaven out of thy royal throne, from chapter 18, verse 15. This is the work of God alone. This is beyond any of us, even the greatest of the prophets, John the Baptist, to effect. This, this requires the same creative power that brought the world into existence out of nothing. The introit for today comes again from Isaiah's prophecy. It's a description God is giving to the Persian king Cyrus about God's unique power and authority in creation. He's trying to impress upon Cyrus who he is, the one true God. And he describes how he causes rain to fall and makes the earth bear fruit. But this description 
of rain falling and the earth bearing fruit to the ancient Mesopotamians was nearly as mysterious and miraculous as a description of ex nihilo creation. The idea that God could bring something out of nothing wasn't too far off from the amazement from the Mesopotamians seeing the skies pour down rain. We moderns now think we know a thing or two about weather patterns, the water cycle, about the growth of vegetation, blah, blah, blah. We no more understand how the first motion of the cosmos set that chain of causality into action that now results in rain falling on the ground than Cyrus the Great understood about global jet streams in the atmosphere. When we say, drop down ye heavens from above and let the skies pour, when that's sung in our introit this morning, what we're doing is acknowledging that we're asking for something out of our hands, beyond our control. We're asking for God himself to do something. We're asking for he who we identify with the highest heaven, that is the part of creation that touches most closely the uncreatedness of the self-existent Yahweh, he who is, to make that highest heaven bend down and touch our more lowly part of creation. We're asking for the uncreated to join creation. And that's what happened in the incarnation. The offertory and communion propers that we will hear in a few minutes tell us what this introit is really talking about. The skies, the heavens, pour down righteousness as the Holy Spirit overshadows episkiasi, the earthly womb of Mary, so that she brings forth salvation, our Savior. Every pagan dream of agricultural miracles, the sky father and the earth mother, was prefiguration of this primary, central miracle of the story of our world, the incarnation of God, the incarnation of the author within his own story. Mary, lowly, earthly, willing and open, receives her own creator from outside of nature into her womb. Heaven and earth, nay, creation and creator are now joined perfectly without confusion or mixture, only though with the perfect marriage in the man, Jesus Christ. So take comfort today in knowing that this is God's doing alone. John couldn't have effected this miracle with all of his preparations. Mary couldn't have conceived of her own power or volition. It took God alone raining down his own creative power from beyond us, from beyond any of our activity or causation. It took God alone. It took the Holy Spirit overshadowing the womb of Mary as he did the chaotic waters of creation in the beginning to bring God into the world, to bring God to us. When we see Emmanuel, God with us on Christmas in just a few short days, we will behold a miracle of God's own volition, of his own gracious working and doing. Take comfort in knowing that your preparations, as important as they are, are not what will bring Christ. Christ is coming. We will be transported mystically to his cradle in the Christ mass, where we, with the shepherds, the angels, and with Mary herself, can worship him. And now, today, in the full pregnancy of this expectation, let us, like Mary, marvel in anticipation of seeing the face of our maker, which had been hidden 
for all of human history by the face of the heavens. Now let the heavens drop down from above and rain down God's presence upon us. Let us prepare our lowly, earthly hearts where such a mighty guest may come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.